Welcome in to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're usually the first thing that pops up on all of those social media platforms if you want to tune in that way. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger. And also, I'm here every weekday, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. Today is Wednesday, September 18th. Man, September is just rolling along. Uh, before you know it, it'll be fall, even though Las Vegas still is not feeling like fall. <laughs> still definitely in the 90s out here. Uh, lead-off segment today, we're talking baseball with Craig Trapp. White Sox twins, Rays Dodgers, and Rangers Astros. Where the Astros uh, were as high as minus 500. Is anyone brave enough to take that? We're not. Uh, we'll kind of break down uh, the reasons maybe why you should stay away from that. And, you know, you could win a lot of money if you hit on the Rangers on that one. Also, a bonus pick from Craig Trapp in our first segment. When it comes to college football, we're talking Notre Dame, Georgia. Uh, Georgia is favored by 14 points, which, yes, Georgia has looked really good. But 14 points is a lot to cover, uh, especially against a Notre Dame team that's, that's pretty good in their own right. Uh, moving on to our second segment, we've got college football with Sean Higgs. Yeah, even more college football because there's a lot of it. Starting with Texas A&M and Auburn, where Texas A&M favored by three and a half. Uh, Oklahoma State, Texas, UCLA, and Washington State. Washington State, big favorites in that one at minus 18 and a half. And something funny, if you're looking for a little humor, Washington State, their head coach, Mike Leach. If you don't know him, he's a really eccentric guy and he's really funny. Uh, he had this rant on YouTube this week about the Pac-12 mascots and who would win in a fight between all those mascots. And it's really insightful, uh, including all the mascots and why they might win. Um, and then finally, We've got NFL with Tony T uh, taking on three games today. And for the first time in 32 years, the NFL has had multiple 20-plus point spreads for two teams, the Patriots and the Cowboys over the Jets and Dolphins. We'll talk about those big point spreads when we come back on Picks and Parlays Radio. But first, we're getting to some baseball with Craig Trapp. Stay with us after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. <laughs> and we're back here on Picks and Parlays Radio, uh, here on the Sports Byline and Broadcast Network, and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, usually the first thing that pops up. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger. And we've got Craig Trapp joining us. Hello, Craig. How we doing, Chelsea? Big day here, uh, of course. Turning point of the week, hump day, got a little baseball talk, and then the feature game of the week, Georgia and Notre Dame, excited to talk. Right. All right. So let's dive into some of these baseball games because we do have some baseball left. I know a lot of people forget that it's baseball season, but it certainly is, and there's certainly plenty of ways to win when it comes to baseball. Let's start with the White Sox and the Twins. The Twins are favored in this one, minus 260, big favorites. The total sits at 10 and a half. Uh, opening thoughts on this one. Well, surprised that the odds moved down on this one. The odds opened at actually Minnesota 268 and moved down to 260. So uh, that tells me, uh, you know, maybe you had some uh, sharp money coming in on the White Sox initially. But 
I'm a little shocked there because I just think Minnesota, just the clearly better team in this matchup. And the total on this one went from 10 to 10 and a half, which this time of year, I think the overbetters have uh, really jumped on the ship. So I, that's not a, a shock there. All right, so let's dive into this pitching matchup. It's Ivan Nova going for the White Sox. I don't know if you remember, but he used to pitch for the Yankees. He used to be a starter, uh, but he's going to be used as an opener today, which means he's not going to be pitching many, uh, if more than one innings. Uh, he's 10 and 12 with a 4.86 ERA going against Jake Odorizzi of the Twins, who is 14 and 6 with a 3.60 ERA. Uh, and last outing, you might have seen that he's only pitched two innings, but that was because of a thunderstorm and a rain delay. Uh, so I wouldn't read too much into that. Uh, Pitching-wise, how do you see this one going? Well, about a month ago, I thought Nova was a very good underdog type because you were getting him at great prices all the time. Still getting him at great prices, but his last four starts have been oh so bad. Five earned runs, three earned uh, three innings last time. Two starts back, five earned or uh, three earned runs in 5.2. Three back, six earned runs in four uh, innings. So going the wrong direction here, I think you have to to fade him. Even though, I, like you said, I think you're going to only see him go two to three innings. It hasn't mattered. He's been giving up the same amount of runs if he goes three or five innings. And I think the Minnesota Twins are clearly the play here. You just got to figure out how to get some value. And to me, that means you lay the run line and uh, get it at instead of minus 260, we get this at minus 150. Right, and the Twins do have some uh, good power hitters. I believe they have three hitters with uh, 30 home runs or more. They've been the bomb squad this season. They have a lot of home runs. So if Ivan Nova gets in trouble and, you know, even walks a couple guys, uh, that's people on base uh, for this Twins lineup that can really knock them in. Uh, do you see the Twins lineup scoring a lot of runs here? Well, yes, I do, and I think that's why you lay the run line here. I don't think there'll be any problem. Uh, Minnesota has won the last five head-to-head matchups this year, and they've covered the run line in every one except last night. So uh, I think there's uh, that trend continues tonight. Last night they won nine to eight. I think it's going to be they're going to score around that nine tonight. I think it's more like nine four, nine three type game, and uh, so the overs I think also a solid play tonight. But my top play would be the run line. Um, you lay the minus one and a half, you get it at minus 150 with the Minnesota Twins. All right, let's move on to the Rays and the Dodgers. The Dodgers have been one of those teams that's incredible at home. They're 57 and 20 uh, when playing in L.A., which is where this one's at. Uh, the Rays, you know what, they're not huge underdogs in this one. The Dodgers are only minus 127, and I think that's probably because Tony Gosselin is on the mound, who's not... I mean, his numbers are good, 3-2 and two with a 2.83 ERA, uh, but he's not Clayton Kershaw or uh, Ryu, some of those guys that they have. Brendan McKay on the mound for the Rays, 2-4 and four with a 5.27 ERA. The Rays are 4-6 and six in his starts. Uh, thoughts on the line and the pitching matchup? Well, the line here, actually, it's, it's very similar. I thought this line was going to go way up. Uh, I see it uh, pretty steady here in, the, in between minus 125 and minus 130. Uh, the total uh, in between eight and a half and nine. Uh, you know, last night was a lot of runs, seven five. Uh, the Dodgers won, uh, beating uh, of course Blake Snell. Only went two innings last night, and I, I, I think this one. I think I think the Rays have an outside chance, but to me, you just can't bet against the Dodgers at home. I mean, amazing, fifty seven and twenty at home, and the Tampa Bay is not terrible on the road, forty six and thirty one. But I just can't make money betting against the Dodgers. So to me, I turn to a total on this one. And I think this one's going to be a, a little better pitching matchup tonight. I like the under eight and a half tonight in uh, L.A. All right, let's go to the Rangers and the Astros, where the Astros are astronomical favorites in this one. Uh, some places have them as high as minus 500. So the Rangers 
plus 400, plus 425. It depends on where you get it. Anyway, you're laying the Astros on this one. <laughs> no way. I, the only way I think people play the Astros if you're playing the money line is if you're if you're a parlay guy today and you parlay, you know, say right. three of the favorites and and you're looking at even money. But to me, that's just not my game. Not something I'm ever going to lay over minus one say 65, 170. And I think that you have to look at the underdog here. I just think there's a little value here with the Texas team that hasn't won forever in this series. I know Houston has won one, two, three. They've won the last six head-to-head matchups uh, this year, but. You give me plus 400, uh, plus one, plus 350. This is one you have to shop around because it's anywhere from plus 350 to plus 400. I'm going to take uh, the underdog Texas Rangers. Even the best team loses one out of four games, and I'm hoping that happens tonight. I was going to say, I didn't even do much research on this one just because if you win, you win so big, and if you lose, I mean, Garrett Cole is pitching for the Astros, and yeah, he's been really good, but just the chance you have to win a lot of money. Uh, I think you got to take the Rangers here. All right, so let's move on to college football. We've got a few minutes left. Uh, Notre Dame and Georgia. Georgia is the number three team in the land. Notre Dame, number seven, I think. I wrote that right. Uh, Georgia is favored by 14 points, and that's what puzzles me because 14 points is a lot. Yeah, Georgia's really good, uh, but Notre Dame is not a terrible team. Do you think they can cover? Well, I think the problem with Notre Dame, it's its definitely a perception problem, and it's a reality problem as well. They have not been good against the best teams, the really fast teams, the really big teams. I mean, it goes back to when they lost to Alabama 42-14 to in 2013, the national championship game. Last year when they lost 30-3 to to Clemson, um, you know, and they're only 5-13 and in bowls going back to uh, 1993, which tells you those are usually when they're playing the best teams in the nation. I just think to me, you look at this, I think you have to lay the points with Georgia because until Notre Dame proves that they can stand up against the big boys, you have to lay the big number. Georgia won as an underdog just a couple years ago. Um, uh, Jake Fromm's first start, and since then, of course, he's made every start. I think Jake Fromm's going to have a big game, and I think uh, Notre Dame's in big trouble. And I'm a Notre Dame fan, so when you're betting against Notre Dame uh, and you're a Notre Dame fan, that tells you something. Right, because the public loves Notre Dame, but you know what? They also love the SEC. So Georgia does have that bias for them, but they've outscored opponents 148 to 23 this season. Granted, they haven't played anybody too tough. Uh, Vanderbilt probably being their toughest opponent on the road. And what worries me about Notre Dame, they rank 120th in rush defense. And I don't know if you know too much about Georgia, but it's running back you. They have five running backs that can do damage. They had their fifth string running back uh, that was scoring touchdowns in their last game. Uh, and he looked pretty good. So that's what worries me about Notre Dame. It's just 14 is a big number. Yeah, well, DeAndre Swift is an absolute superstar. 31 carries, 290 yards. I mean, uh, you know, eight over eight and a half, nine yards. I think that is, uh, um, you know, average, two touchdowns. And it, he, like I said, he's not playing at the end of these games. And these numbers would be ridiculous. Jake Fromm's numbers would be ridiculous. Most of these guys aren't even playing most of the games. I just think Louisville showed me something against uh, um, Notre Dame. And I think Georgia's just way more talented than obviously Louisville. And I think it's going to show between the hedges tonight at night uh, this week. I just think Georgia's too much. And I think this is a show me game. I I like Brian Kelly as a coach. I just think he doesn't have the horses that Georgia does. We talked about this before the show. The only thing that worries me is when I watch the Texas A&M and Clemson game, garbage time touchdowns matter. 
So do you think Georgia can have a big enough lead uh, so Notre Dame can score a garbage time touchdown? Well, I think Georgia's as good as or very close to where Clemson was last year when they played in the bowl game. I think Louisville might, or I mean, uh, Notre Dame might be worse, at least what we've seen so far. So to me, it was 33 last year. Neutral field. I like Georgia in the points here. Georgia is very good at home. They've got a nice home crowd advantage. All right, that's our college football talk and baseball talk. We're back after the break with more college football talk because it's football season. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, usually the first thing that pops up, and you can tune in that way. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. And right now, we've got Sean Higgs joining us. Hello, Sean. Hello, Chelsea. How are you today? Doing good. I heard you had a good weekend in college football. Uh, last weekend, too, eight and one. Yeah, eight and one. That's kind of you know we had to Houston, so heading into whatever we'll count that Friday game, eight and one. And the only loser, Alabama, got backdoor there with eleven seconds. Oh, Otherwise, a I had clean that sweep. game. But, yeah, hey, that was you know, maddening. I'll take eight and one. That's a, that's <laughs> a nice that's a that's a nice day. All right, so let's get to some of these games for this weekend. Let's start off with number eight Auburn at number seventeen at Texas A and M, where the Aggies are favored by three and a half. First off, let's talk about the spread uh, and the total 47 and a half. Do you like, love, or hate the spread here? Um, you know what? I, it's, I guess it's where it should be, right? I mean, you got a freshman quarterback and Knicks coming to town. This isn't, it, we saw what he did against Oregon. That's great. That was a great showing, but this is a tough place to play. You know, this right. is going to be easy here. Um, we got a little revenge action, right? 28-24 last year. Right. I'm, I think the defense is a little better for A&M than what they saw in Oregon and even Tulane, obviously. I'm, I'm liking the home team here. I, I Listen, I, I was against them in that Texas State game. I thought, you know what, maybe they're not going to really show too much with Clemson on deck. They battle Clemson, and that's what really – I see this three and a half. I'm like, you know what, they held Clemson pretty much in check. They were right there. I mean, obviously, garbage touchdown for a cover for them. But otherwise, listen, I, I don't think Auburn's seen a defense like this. They were really good on the road. You know, you, you, you go to Clemson and you play like that, you're automatically going to move up a little notch in my book. And, and listen, the three and a half, they want you. They're begging you to take Auburn here with that extra half point. Right, thinking, a little hook. You know what? Take it, take it, take it. And I'm, I'm going the other way. I'm like, no way. This is a 10-point A&M win. Oh, Wow. A big yeah. hot take there. What what worries yeah. me about Auburn is their slow starts. In every game this season, yeah, they're 3-0, and but they've had slow starts in all of them, including that Oregon game, uh, which took a little, you know, half a miracle to win. Uh, granted, it was a great win, but also against Tulane and Kent State. Kent State was actually leading that game 3-0. Uh, Kent State scored first, and Tulane limited Auburn to under 30 yards rushing rushing uh, in the first half. So for Auburn to go on the road, as as you mentioned, it's a really tough place to play. If they have another slow start, the home crowd's really going to be into it. And that might spell trouble for a freshman quarterback who's making his first real road start. Because, yeah, he played against Oregon. Uh, that was a lot of pressure, but it wasn't an away team. 
Uh, Auburn still had a lot of fans. It was a neutral site. So that's what worries me about Auburn. But can they keep it close? You get down 21-6. They get down 21-6 like they were against uh, the Ducks. Game over. It's, uh, it's going to get ugly real fast. Right. So, listen, A&M's the play here. That's wow. No, nothing else to say. Forget for <laughs> next. Goodbye. Good night. A&M to the bank. No faith in Auburn, huh? I think Auburn no. is a good team, but I think they need you to get something sorted out when they're, they're starting games that slowly. Because they I can't out-talent Texas A&M. Listen, I'm flying in Friday because I'm going out. I'm going to go to the Area 51 raid. There's more oh. faith in me caging an alien <laughs> than Auburn covering this game. All right? That's I saw that on at. your Twitter. That was so funny. <laughs> I didn't know that was still on. Is that still a thing, the Area 51 raid? I don't know. i got to bring my taser out there so I can zap these little guys. They'll try to get oh away from me. i got to try gosh. to tackle one. <laughs> You're going to bring area, an alien date to It's Area 51 book. or Life is Beautiful. I don't know what to do on a Friday night. I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's in the air. <laughs> well, that's an interesting turn that I did not see coming. I uh, just want to reiterate, Sean Higgs man. is 8-1 and one, uh, in his last weekend of college football picks, and you can get his season package for $5.99 on picksandparlays.net yes. if you want to jump on some winners. Get Let's that. move on to our next game. Oklahoma State facing Texas. The number 12 Longhorns are favoring this one at minus five and a half. Uh, what do you see when you look at the spread? You know, and, and this has come down. I think this opened at seven, if I saw correctly. So people are having faith in Oklahoma State. I guess when you see, you know, 52 and 56 and these big numbers put up, you're thinking, hey, I could get a touchdown or six or whatever, and you're going to hang tough. But I don't like it. you got a Spencer Sanders, freshman quarterback, again, on the road here in Texas. And we've seen Texas put up some points. Now, LSU, I, I don't think Oklahoma State's an LSU-type uh, team. I don't think they can compete with that LSU team. My Burroughs is on another planet right now. You're not going to see that out of Sanders. Texas defense, other than that, against Louisiana Tech and Rice, they were solid. Obviously, Oki State's got a little more talent than that, but I think Texas defense is going to show up here. I think Texas is going to put up 40-plus because Oklahoma State never stops anybody. I mean, they're, they're sooner's late, except they can't, they can't score 60 every game. So, uh, listen, I, I'm not high in Oklahoma State. The total tells you all you need to know, 73-and-a-half. That's a boatload of points. I mean, the over could be a play here. Um, but I'll tell you what, I think the Longhorns defense kind of holds the team in check and maybe keeps them under 30. So maybe an under there, but I like Texas. You know, five and a half, five, you know, it's more five and a half now than the five we've seen the sudden move. So I think the money's coming back on Texas as opposed to what it opened at. I don't know why. I mean, I guess at a touchdown, you want to take a conference dog, but not me, not with a freshman quarterback playing in Texas. Right. I'm, I'm on the Longhorns here. I know. It's really hard to pick against Texas after watching that LSU-Texas game because uh, granted, Texas did lose, and they didn't cover, uh, but they looked really good in that game. And LSU is a top, you know, a top-tier team. Sam, Sam Ellinger has 1,077 total yards through three games, which is a Texas record. Uh, so, yeah, their offense is pretty darn good. They've been yeah. averaging 355 pass yards per game. So do you think Oklahoma State uh, can stop this Texas team when it comes uh, to the pass game? No, no, Texas could put up their 40-plus here. And I just, Oklahoma State, I don't think they got the bullets. Not with a freshman quarterback on the road. I don't see it here. I mean, this isn't, uh, 
it's just different. You know, you're right. coming in, you're not playing Tulsa, you're not playing Oregon State and, and crushing a bad Pac-12 team. And I was down on Texas this year. I saw that, like, nine and a half wins. I'm like, ah, I think everybody's jumping on these guys a little too much. And I liked LSU big over them, and they hung tough for battling the whole game. So, um, again, turning the tide here on Texas, they were a team that I was down on the start. But what I've seen out of them, I don't think Oklahoma State's stopping this team. They're going to go for 45, maybe even 50 against them. And if Oklahoma State gets 30, maybe. Maybe. Tough spot for them. Again, freshman quarterback, we just talked about Bo Nix. Same thing. Now you're going into a hostile place. It's not easy. And right. we're laying not even a touchdown. I know that seems kind of square. I'm like, oh, they just got one by a touchdown. I think this is going to be like a blowout. I think this could be a 20-point game. Mm, really liking the, the favorites this week. And also, yeah, note, Texas I'm... has a really good kicker, Cameron Dicker. He's made some really long field goal, goals. Uh, field goals of over 50 yards. And as we've seen in college football, that can make a real difference. We've seen so many of these college kickers missing short field goals. So that's another way to get points. Yeah, and uh, we've seen the Colts miss some field goals too. So that's good for him to get drafted next year. Right? Oh, bless Adam Venetary's heart. I can't root against him. I feel really bad for him. All right, so let's move on to UCLA and Washington State. Speaking of feeling bad for people, UCLA is 0-3. And that includes two losses to teams that are not in Power 5 conferences. Granted, Cincinnati's a really good team. I'll give them that. But they also lost to San Diego State 23-14. Chip Kelly's squad has only scored 14 in all three of their games. Washington State is favored in this one. Minus 18.5. Total sits at 57. Initial leanings on this one. You mentioned that San Diego State loss. And I came back because I do UCLA over... Craig's Bearcats, and I'm like, you know what? They got to take care of this team that scored six points against Portland. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, no, I'm again. I, I was I was just looking at my desk. I'm looking for some chalk because again, I got to go with the favorite here. 18 and a half, 20 and a half. Chip Kelly's got to be on the hot seat. This is pathetic. I thought the guy's going to improve a little bit this year. 14 points a game. Right. I mean, they're for terrible. A guy that's supposed to be an offensive mind. Uh, an offensive, exactly. And you, and they look better. Towards the second half of the year, it looked like they were getting a little bit of uh, the flow and the handle on what he, what he wanted to bring to the table here as a coach. They've gone in reverse by, by two right. years. There's they, no signs of improvement. Backwards. That's the problem. It's just like I get it in his first year not being good because you, you don't get to recruit your own players and you kind of yeah. have to work with what you have. But this year, what's going on? And even, but even, even when they were losing, they were at least putting up some points at the end of last year. So it's like, right. all right, they're kind of getting it a little bit. And then you come in and, all right, the Bearcat game, Cincinnati's pretty tough. I get you're on the road, tough game there. But at home, San Diego State? I mean, then, listen, I had Oklahoma as my game of the week last night to truck these guys. They can't compete. They're, I mean, Washington State isn't the Sooners, but I'll, to give me some extra rest. Mike Leach at home, 10-3 uh, ATS run versus Pac-12. And, again, his, his uh, mascot battles were pretty funny. <laughs> that was pretty, I was watching – <laughs> Talk about the youth guy trading bow and arrows for guns and trees, and it was. <laughs> I know it was, it was really good. funny. Uh, Mike Leach is certainly a character, and if you ever get a chance, watch some of his press conferences on YouTube because they are very funny. The mascot one that you mentioned coming from this week. So mascot head to head, Washington State. They're the Cougars, right? And then the Bruins. That's the only Bruins, way I okay. see UCLA winning. <laughs> well, even in that, I mean, all right, you're a, a Bruin is a. Bear, but I, who knows? It's a, Maybe it's a baby little. At this pace, it's a little cub. He's Is not it? even. 
I, I'm just saying the way you see others playing, they're not a oh, big grizzly. Oh, I was going to say, I thought Bruin was just a normal bear. Whatever. It's a baby <laughs> up on knowledge. I'm going to wrestle that to the ground, choke him out. All right, so you're taking Washington State in the points here, or, and yeah. as a big favorite here. How about 11 2 and 1 ATS versus UCLA, this Washington State team? Well, a lot of people have been yeah. beating UCLA. All right, I got to yeah. wrap it up. As always, Good thanks night. for your time, Sean. Uh, Area 51 Friday, it's a party. With NFL football on Fixing Parlays Radio. <laughs>
Remember we talked about it's a contract year for Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper wants to get paid. So what? No better way to pad up your stats, get that paycheck. Like I said, I'm telling you, the, it, the NFL is turning the NBA. These guys on contract years, they want their stats. And I think this is a situation here that plays perfectly into Prescott and Amari Cooper to get the stats up. That's a really good way to look at it. I had not thought of that. And I think for the most part, it's just the Dolphins are so bad that, I mean, that's a, a huge number. But any team that I would, that's the only team I'd probably take it on. Uh, maybe the Jets, just because the Jets lost by, what, 30 on yeah. Monday Night Football? Well, they lost by 20. At least the Jets, see, on that game, I, I would say the Jets, at least they're, they're, they're playing hard on defense. But, you know, right. the, the Dolphins here, uh, again, they're going to be facing the number two offense in the Cowboys. They're averaging 484 yards a game. And Dak Prescott, 82% completion rate. What better way to say, hey, I want a new contract than to complete 80% of your passes. And don't forget, the coach, he's also coaching for a contract next year. You know what? He may have some leverage. Maybe looking at another team, maybe a college, maybe a college uh, will come in, a college team will come in and pay him a lot more money. So Jason Garrett is also looking to for some style points as uh, he's playing without a contract next year or coaching without a contract next year. Right. And we saw the Ravens go down there and put big points down there. Uh, so if there's any competitiveness between some of these quarterbacks, uh, Dak Prescott may want to say, you know what, Lamar Jackson's great, but I can do that too, even though uh, I think Dak has a much better offensive line. Oh, yeah, he definitely has. Of course, they have the running back there as well. And, of course, yeah. you know, the Cowboys, they like the style too. points at home. You know, they, yeah. like, they, like, they like the show. They like to, to put on point, uh, you know, the pad the points and put, up, uh, put on a show for the fans out there. Jerry Jones likes that. And I think this sets up for a, a Dallas blowout. All right, so let's move on to the Broncos at the Packers. The Packers are favored by eight in this one. Total sits at 43. Uh, do you think eight's too much for the Packers to cover? Ooh, that's a tough line to play. You know, I, I was thinking about this long and hard. I'm going to play the under 43. And what got me with Green Bay here is I watched the game and I watched the replay several times, the 30-minute replays a couple times with this Packers team. You know, they got to that 21 to nothing lead against Minnesota, but there was still 14 minutes left in the second quarter. They went scoreless for the rest of the game. They didn't do nothing on, on offense. And, and they allowed Minnesota to get back in the game. We saw the disaster in week one. They had uh, both teams with them in the Bears offense. But uh, that's what kept me away from the Packers here at minus eight because they allowed the Vikings to come back in that game, and they almost lost it. And, of course, uh, Broncos head coach Vic Fangio, well, that's where was he at the last four years before taking this job. He was a defensive coordinator for the Bears, so he knows Aaron Rodgers very well. And Denver has defended well, holding opponents to 315 yards a game. And, of course, the Bears' uh, offense, you know, uh, only 320 yards last week, I should say. But, uh, again, Broncos a desperate 0-2 team with Flacco, the statue at quarterback. And, uh, of course, I think they're going to look to run the ball with Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay here because, again, when you got a statue back there on the road, you got to be careful. So I think they're going to – I think you see a lot of running plays here from Denver. Right, and if you look at that week one game for the Packers, their defense actually looked pretty good, and that's something that nobody really talked about uh, heading into the season. Obviously, the story is Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, if they're going to butt heads, because I think Aaron Rodgers is a little smarter than Matt LaFleur. That's another story. Uh, but how do you see this, this Packers uh, defense holding up against the Broncos? Well, I think they'll hold up well because, we, we, you know, what, what have we seen from this Bronco offense? Very little. You know, right. and of course, when, again, we, you've got a, a, a Joe Flacco back. We, listen, I was, <laughs> I was really animated when I talked about Flacco in our season preview. Uh, I won't get that animated this time, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, w when you have a quarterback there that, that is, is a sitting target, it's not a moving target, it makes it easy for the defense. I think this is going to shape up just like we saw with uh, 
the Packers in their week one against a quarterback of who's, uh, you know, in, in Mr. Bisky, who's, I don't think, very effective. And I think it's going to, Packers defense is going to look good in this game. And of course, uh, you know, you know, Fangio has, knows how to defend a, a, a Rodgers in this one. So again, I think you're going to see a low scoring, a lower scoring game. As a matter of fact, the unders have been cashing this year very well, Chelsea. Right. Yeah, we've seen some low scoring games, including that Packers Bears game uh, first week of the season. All right. So let's move on to the Rams and the Browns. Uh, the Rams are favored minus three in this one. Total sits at 49. Do you like that line or not? I like the line here. I like the Rams minus three. I'm going to stay away from the total. I think it's a tough spot for Cleveland. It's a short week to get ready for the Rams. And one thing with the Browns, this is just an undisciplined team. 27 penalties. 267 yards, four picks by Mayfield thus far. He's taken eight sacks. He holds the ball a long time. Chelsea, that's just too many negative yards when you face a defending NFC champion that's healthy. You got Cooper cut back. They're, they're splitting carries with Malcolm Brown and Gurley there in the backfield. So they're running for over uh, 5.3 yards a carry. And uh, I, you know, I, I'm just concerned here with the Browns' undisciplined style of play, Chelsea. Right. I think if you look at the coaching matchup head-to-head, Freddie Kitchens is not in the same ballpark as Sean McVay. And you mentioned the penalties, because I think that almost goes directly back to the head coach, uh, that your team's not prepared. Uh, and the Rams, you know what? They've looked pretty good this season. Um, three, is that enough points, do you think? I mean, that's as close as it gets. I like the Rams here. I'm just wondering why uh, the odds makers made it that close. I think, they, I think they looked at their first road game at Carolina, and to be honest with you, that was just an extension of the preseason for the Rams. The Rams' offense was not sharp in that Carolina game. Even though they put up 30 points, you think that they were good, but they weren't their best. That was like a C game at Carolina. And uh, one thing to note here with this Rams team is I like the way the defense is looking. Uh, the defense, uh, they're, they're, they're holding opponents here to 293 yards a game. That's fifth best in the league. And uh, the Browns are not really getting much out of their ground game. So now you're looking at down and distance with Aaron Donald and that L.A. Ram pass uh, rush. And, of course, uh, you know, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield has taken sacks this year. He's thrown picks. And I think the defense here could have a good game for the Rams. And one thing to note, too, is the Browns uh, uh, Browns on third down, Chelsea, just four of 24 conversions, 29th in the league. You mentioned that Panthers game, which I watched it because my husband is a Panthers fan. Uh, that game was not nearly as close as the final score uh, showed. I think it was 30 to 27 was the final. But the Rams, I think they dominated that game when it came to time of possession. Uh, when it came to the overall game uh, in general. So I wouldn't take too much stock in that game. No, I, I have not taken much stock at all. I don't think the Rams put, looked their best. Goff was not sharp in that one. And, of course, the defense did give up some points there to Cam and company. But, again, you know, in week one, no one has film on you. So it's right. really difficult to really make a point of what happens. I think you get more in the game two results because, you know, teams can, can strategize and make game plans against your strengths and weaknesses when they see you on film. Is there anything else you're expecting from the Browns to see this week that we haven't seen uh, in the previous weeks? Because they do have a lot of talent. Uh, OBJ made one of those incredible catches, and despite all of his diva behavior, that's why he's worth it. He makes some of the plays that nobody else can make. Uh, is there anything from the Browns that, like I said, that we might see this week that we haven't seen before? Well, one thing they got to do is they got to get, if that run game can open up a little bit, then that can, that can buy time for Baker Mayfield in the pocket. You don't get in those down and distance situations. Look how terrible they've been on third down. They can't run the football. 
So when you're not running the football, teams are going to pin their ears and go after you. And of course, Mayfield trying to find his target OBJ, uh, you know, but I think if we see anything improve from Cleveland that will help their chances here is that is get, get the run game going, at least have some threat of run because the Rams can de definitely Aaron Donald can, can be a menace there in the pass rush. Right. It just looks like the Rams are a more complete, complete team uh, at this point in time. They're better coached, I think. Um, so you like the Rams in that one, just to recap. Yeah, I like the Rams here, minus three. It opened two and a half. We saw the early money come on LA. And of course, we're looking here at the situation with, with, with the uh, short week here for, for Cleveland. Remember, they had to play that, that Monday night game in New York. They come back in. And one thing to note here about, about this year, the road teams, Chelsea, 21-10-1 against the spread. Right. And we've seen, um, we have a couple extra minutes here. I'm trying to look up my stat. Oh, yeah. Um, there's two teams, excuse me, this week that are favored by more than 20 points. And that's the first time uh, in 32 years that has happened. What do you think about the parity in the league this year? Because it almost seems like the Jets and Dolphins should combine teams <laughs> to have a chance. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. The Dolphins, like I said, the Dolphins are doing what the Raiders did last year, but a little bit, but with a little bit, with a little bit more. Than, than that but uh again like i said it's starting to look like the nba which is sad the fact that you know teams have no hope once once you know once we start the season that's the dolphins of course the raiders last year moving moving mac and then cooper but uh one thing with the jets a lot of it's with bad luck you know mono right. and then you lose your, your second string quarterback and then of course luke falk is a third string and then of course who you're facing probably the best offense in football right now in the patriots that's just a bad luck situation for the jets of course, look at the Patriots receivers. Look at their weapons in the, in the running back position. They're four deep. Look at how deep they are with, with, the, with the wider receivers. And guess what? This might be the best Patriots defense ever under Belichick. Right. They seem like a com complete team uh, as well. It just seems like the rich get richer uh, and the poor get poorer because the Dolphins have had to play, you know, some of the top teams in the league. I don't think they're good, but that's why we've seen some of these blowouts. Uh, just give us a recap on where we can find your picks. I know you have a great podcast as well. Yeah, podcast you can find over at picksandparlays.net or the, at the podcast page, Cameron Ross, uh, MLB, and some NFL coverage as well. My play is over at picksandparlays.net. All right. Thanks again, Tony T, for your time. We are back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio with recaps of all of our picks. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, really easy to find. Uh, and also, if there's any games you're wondering about, they're probably on our YouTube page. We usually have game uh, summaries and analysis and everything you'd ever want on our YouTube page. Uh, I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger, and we had a great show today. We talked everything uh, football and a little baseball. So let's recap some of our picks, starting with baseball uh, with Craig Trapp. White Sox at Twins, taking the Twins in this one at minus, uh, I believe that's on the run line. Uh, and then Rays, Dodgers taking the under, eight and a half. Rangers, Astros taking the Rangers because they are plus 400. And you know what? If you win, that's a really big win. Uh, and Craig also had a nice little college football selection for us. Notre Dame, Georgia. He is taking Georgia to cover that big number, minus 14. And then even more college football with Sean Higgs. Auburn at Texas A&M taking the Aggies, minus 3.5 at home. Oklahoma State at Texas taking Texas, minus 5. And UCLA at Washington taking Washington State, 
uh, minus 18 and a half to cover that big number. Finally, NFL with Tony T. Dolphins at Cowboys. Taking the Cowboys, minus 21 and a half. Yeah, you read that right. You heard it right. It's a big number, but the Dolphins are really bad this year. And the Cowboys, yeah, they're pretty good. Pretty good offense there. Uh, Broncos Packers taking the under 43. Rams at Browns taking the Rams minus three uh, in that one. That's one of the more popular games to bet this week. Should be a fun one. I do think the Rams cover and win just because of the coaching matchup. Sean McVay has been scheming his way uh, with all that talent. And Freddie Kitchens has had a lot of penalties throughout the season. All right, that's our show for the day. We're back here tomorrow, uh, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern on Picks and Parlays Radio. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.